a kindergarten teacher was observing her class her classroom as the children drew pictures. The teacher would occasionally walk around and see each child's artwork. And as she approached one little girl who was working especially hard, she asked what the drawing was. And the little girl told her, I am drawing God. But sweetie, the teacher replied, no one knows what God looks like. Automatically, the little girl continued drawing and said, well, they certainly will in a minute. <laughs> we, we are that little girl. Not because we draw God, but because every day we are given the opportunity to show with words and actions who Jesus is and what our faith is about. We may say, as the kindergarten teacher, no one knows what God, Jesus, or the church looks like. But even without noticing or being asked, we are answering Jesus' question every minute in our lives. Who do you say that I am? And not to cause any panic right here, but the little girl of the story is right. People certainly know in a minute what our ideas about faith, church, and Jesus are all about. Our tendency as human beings is to project onto Jesus our particular particular cultural or ideological preferences. Those little boxes of mundane categories are like traps, and sometimes the only drawing we can show when talking about God. And probably we can all agree on the dangerous path we walk when trying to impose our preferences to everybody all the time. When that happens, we try to, to take God as a hostage to satisfy our desires and personal needs. As the people around Jesus and his disciples, sometimes we cannot see beyond our background or, or our own personal views. In the case of the gospel today, though, Mistakenly identifying Jesus as one of the old prophets was not completely outrageous. Jesus' ministry had many of the prophetic signs of the old times in Israel. But we know today that Jesus was not merely one of the many prophets, and for sure he was not like his cousin John the Baptist. It was not really after the resurrection that the disciples and Jesus' followers had the opportunity to really understand who Jesus was and the unparalleled mission he had for them and for the church. Sometimes, as Peter, we get, we get a glance at the full revelation of the mystery of faith. And I use the verb get 
because Jesus is very clear in his conversation with the disciple that Peter's profound confession of Jesus as the Messiah is not based on the disciples' own insight or wisdom. Peter is just a vessel, a channel through which the whole community of disciples received a revelation given by God. Today, we see Peter at his best. Next Sunday, do not miss it, we will listen Bertie preach about Jesus calling Peter Satan. So clearly, putting our trust in the man will fail us. But putting our trust in God's revelation to Peter will always help us understand where wisdom and faith come from. It doesn't come from our will or personal desires, from our little boxes or categories, but from God, the living God who cares and saves us every day. As Peter is confronted with the ultimate reality of Jesus' identity and mission, we, too, are invited to respond to the same question every day. Every day we are asked to respond with our actions and words, with our alliances and dreams to this same question, who do you say that I am? What is your testimony of me? What is your experience of the living God through my witness and presence? We have the opportunity to respond to these questions every time we encounter our neighbors. When choosing where to spend our time and money, when making hard decisions about our lives and the lives of those around us, or when making priorities, or when being asked about our faith. Which Jesus, which Jesus are we announcing in our daily lives, in the little small decisions we make every day. We can anticipate that in confessing our faith in Jesus, something will be changed in us. The Bible expresses that transformation when people are assigned a new name. You know those stories, especially in Genesis when Abraham and Sarah and many of the prophets, uh, of the patriarchs, uh, are assigned new names, new identities, after a deep spiritual encounter with God. In this story today, Simon is not Simon anymore. He's not Simon anymore after receiving God's revelation and announcing Jesus' messianic identity. Simon is now Peter, like Petros, rock, a clear sign of Peter's future leadership in the early Christian community. And with the change of name, there is also a change of purpose, because now he's going to live up to the highest meaning of Peter the rock. We too are being transformed 
every time our faith is tested in the silence of our hearts or in the public arena. We too are being called by God to live up to the highest meaning of our true identity in Christ, our baptismal identity that make us all children of God, created in God's image and called to honor the same image in our neighbors. And we hope that we too will be transformed by Christ in our relationship with him and that nothing will be the same after that. That we will not be the same after our decision to follow Christ. With the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome, we ask God to receive our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. We ask for courage not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we ask for wisdom to discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let's pray in silence to Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Let's pray for wisdom and transformation of our lives and hearts.